This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Are you recording, Richard I am fair dinkum recording. Let's get the show on the road. Richard is fair dinkum. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Laravel News Podcast. This is episode... I don't know. What episode will be on? Hold on. You never know. 68. I, it's 68. We talk for 15 minutes before we start recording these things. And by, yep. the, by the time we actually start recording, you still don't know where we are. I know. I know. It's shameful. But it's true. It is true. We are professionals. We've been doing this for <laughs> almost two years now. Wow, has this series been two years? We've been doing well, this podcast or our own? This this podcast we've been doing since January of last year. Okay. And our podcast we've been doing since June of the year before. If you can still consider that we're doing it because we haven't done it in like a month. but Yeah, it's hard. You it just is. keep going away. Like, oh, I'm on vacation this week. No warning, just uh, I'm already away. Sorry. It's true. I know. It's just, you know, I'm kind of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy. That's yeah. how I roll. That doesn't yeah. that doesn't sit well with everybody, by the way. Did you know that? <laughs> but some people don't like that. My Ree's the same. She she likes to plan everything out in advance, knows when we're gonna be where, what we're gonna be doing. Like when we went to the US last year, everything was planned out like months in advance. The tours we were doing, the days. Which is helpful because it means you don't have to think about it. You Correct. don't sit there looking at itinerary on the day and it's like, do we go and do this or do we do that? But I don't know, I just like to walk outside and see what I feel like doing on the day. Yeah, no, totally. And um, I think if you're like by yourself, like you can totally do that. But when you're with like other people and there is like yeah. more than yourself to consult mm -hmm. about what it is that you're doing, it's really nice to have a plan in advance so that there's no like frustration trying to decide what it is. Yeah. Ridge ditch. That's right. Fair dinkum. Fair dinkum. All right. Yeah. So you're an Aussie. So you're, I don't know if Aussies are typically pretty good natured, but you are. And so you kind of deal with my uh tardiness and you know <laughs> change of plan at last minute quite well yeah like yeah. so tonight it was like hey you said hey i'm on my way back from the gym i'll be home in a half hour which would have been like 10 minutes later than our normal recording time and then it's like five minutes from our normal recording time and i'm like i'll be 15 minutes and i was 25 yeah. or whatever <laughs> so anyway we make it work we make it i work. mean you you seem to think i've got nothing better to do with my time i know right i know you've got a kid now <laughs> you've got responsibilities that's right he's sleeping tell, now so it's all right I had to tell my little guy, we were out at a campfire, like probably 25 minutes from here. There was a, one of my friends was camping and he's like, yeah, come on out. We're tent camping tonight. And my little guy was like, we should, we should stay out here. We brought our sleeping bags. He's like, can we spend the, spend the night out here? And I'm like, no, I got a podcast tonight. And he's like, <laughs> okay, podcast or have fun. What would you decide daddy? And I'm like, well, you know, sometimes we got responsibilities. I gave him the responsibility talk, uh -huh. but it was more like, there's no way in heck I'm sleeping in this heat. Cause it was horribly <laughs> hot out there. It's hot. Anyway, okay, let's get to it. Let's get down to it. Okay, we are going to start with, let's see, we got how many pieces of uh, actual Laravel news here? We've got one. You know, I mean, you said we didn't have a lot, but there's a lot of stuff this week. Yeah, there is. We've got, you know what, we've got, um, some of them are just like literally like just news items though. I mean, some of them are, we have we have a, a release and then we have kind of like some news for 5.7 that's going to be coming out. We've got like a couple of tutorials and then we have just some general announcements about, hmm. uh, I don't want to spoil them, but we just have some general announcements. So some of them I think will go kind of fast. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll make it happen here. All right. Let's start with uh, Vue CLI 3.0. I know this is not Laravel 
it is Laravel related sort of because obviously we as a community have largely adopted a view. By the way, I'm just gonna give Adam Wathen a quick shout out here. His advanced view components course is really, or is it advanced view components? Is that what it is? Or is it just advanced view? I think so, yeah. Adva well, it's, it's just advanced good. view, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. I've been watching it through. Again. Advanced view component design. Yeah, it's really good. It's been awesome. So if you haven't seen that, you should definitely go check that out. But in relation to that, view CLI 3.0. So did you get a chance to see any of this uh, or have you seen any of this? There's been a lot of news around this recently, actually. I've seen a lot of people talking about view CLI. I'm, I don't really spend that much time in the front end. I don't really get to play around with view a whole lot. So hearing view CLI kind of makes me curious to, to what it actually is. Sure. So like at the core, the Vue CLI provides a, like a pre-configured built setup that's on top of Webpack 4. So they, you know, just like with Laravel, they want to minimize the amount of configuration that you have to go through to get started. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's very helpful for people who are really looking to do a, a SPA with a okay. Laravel backend, right? Mm -hmm. And at his, uh, at Laracon 2018 in the U.S., he went through and uh, in his talk and kind of gave a tutorial about how you can do that, right? How you can integrate this into your project using Mix and using Vue CLI as well. Okay. And so it's really nice because, so if you've heard of this idea of like ejecting, do you know what this is? Like when you're talking about like a CLI tool a lot of times? Okay. No idea so like, what, what that and is. This is I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but it's the idea of like a, a sort of CLI tool can only really get you so far uh, before you feel the need to essentially break away from the convention of that thing and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of take it on to your own. Now, when you eject, that then uh, sort of takes away your ability to auto-update this CLI or, or you know, the tools that are kind of in place, the tooling that's in place, because now you've gotten to a point where you have to have to kind of operate outside of that. You've ejected from the CLI tool and you're now on your own. Does that make sense? Yep, getcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the new CLI, it makes it, it's the goal here is to make it powerful and extensible without the need to eject from the CLI in your projects. And part of the way that it does this is it has a really nice GUI tool that makes it easy to configure your project and to pull in new plugins. And so there's all sorts of things that you can do in here. And one of my favorite ones is uh, it, it allows you to essentially ship a, PW, uh, a PWA really simply yep. from, your, from your view app. Um, okay which has, to me, it was very interesting because I was thinking like this year, that's like a tricky technology, it feels like to me, PWAs, right? There's so much to know about it. But essentially, so like if you can just write like- stop. So a PWA is a progressive web app, right? Correct. Yes, yes. Yep. So the, the idea with the progressive web app is that it will be available even if you have no connection and that you would progressively enhance what's available based on your level of connectivity to the internet. Exactly, yeah. Cool. Yep. Yep, yep. And so I think, uh, so like for exa example, there's a lot of stuff to, to know in order to have a, P a progressive web app built. But essentially, like if you can write a view app, right, mm -hmm. then you can just basically say, hey, PWA plugin, go, and it will build it for you, nice. um, which is really nice. So I was thinking this year, for example, like the uh, Titan Chicago I don't know if you got to see that, but it was like a Chicago tour guide, basically. Tour guide, yeah. So like, hey, here's all the places you can see. But like the conference had horrible Wi-Fi. I was like, this is a perfect example of when a PWA would have been perfect because I couldn't, I couldn't browse it. I couldn't even use it when I was at the conference center. But if it was a PWA, I would have been able to. Yeah. Right. So you would still have to have 
open that website on Previous your phone when you yes. had connectivity first and right. then it would like suck everything down. Exactly. You got it. You got it. So that's my very shallow understanding of it. But yeah, it's um, it looks really awesome. This this looks really awesome. So nice. uh, I think what it does for me is it removes the barrier to getting started with all of these sorts of things as far as getting getting a project set up for like single page app and then giving me all these extra goodies yeah. that are accessible to me. So all right. it looks one really, really one, nice. One last thing before we move on. Sure. From the perspective of a Laravel developer, Mm -hmm. Would you use this in conjunction? Because you mentioned that you can hook it into Mix. Or would it be that I would, as a Laravel developer, build the back end and then a front end developer could build the the front end using the CLI? Oh, uh, you could do both. I mean, like you could do either or, right? You could put okay. them in separate repositories if you wanted to. Um, uh -huh. But you could totally have this all live in one as well, you know, mm, kind of like okay. we do right now. But he, he basically shows you how to how to set up the app really simply in Laravel using the Vue okay. CLI tool, which is nice, oh, right? We'll link the Vue up in the show notes because those videos all came out this week. So they did. That was be interesting part to take the, a look. Yeah, that's another part of the news. Why don't we jump to that right now? So yeah, let's talk yeah. about that a little bit. Go ahead. All right, well, all, and I say all with an asterisk, all of the videos from Laracon US 2018 have been released now. And I say asterisk because uh, as an as an organizer of Laracon AU, I have requested an embargo on both Adam and Matt's talks because they are giving the same talk at uh, Laracon AU, so I didn't didn't want people to see the, the the talk at the US conference and find that they felt shortchanged in any way because they're getting the same talks. So Adam and Matt's talks won't come out until after Laracon AU, so you have to wait a little bit longer for those ones. They were great uh, talks, but, by the way, well worth hmm. waiting for. Yeah, well, I did. I was lucky enough to have a chance to see Adam's talk, so he's we're still fifty fifty on whether he wants to give that talk again, but. Um, if, if that changes, then we will certainly make sure that his video is made available beforehand. But but Matt is certainly going to give his patterns that pay off talk at that was really AU. Good. That was really, really good. Yeah, but other than that, all of all of the other videos from all of the speakers are available online. We will link that up in the show notes, obviously. Awesome. Okay, let's talk about this too. We have books from Laracon 2018. So the Laracon US 2018 all-star lineup of speakers, delivered stellar talks. Many of them have best have written best-selling books. So they have we have a blog post out there on Laravel News, which is a compilation of the list of books that were authored by Laracon speakers uh, and other books mentioned during their talks. So you have for Matt Stauffer, you have uh, Laravel Up and Running for uh, Uncle Bob, you have Clean Architecture for Ryan Holiday, you have The Daily Stoic, uh, you have Rework from, uh, that was Jason Freed. Uh, yeah, so unsubscribed by Jocelyn Glee, which that was an awesome talk, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, refactoring collections. Anyway, lots and lots and lots of good ones out there. So there's some. So it gives basically gives like here's all the books that they wrote, and then it underneath this on this blog post it says here were some books that were mentioned in their in their talks. So yeah, uh, if you're looking for some good reading, go check those out and support our amazing community, as well as all those who came out to speak uh, at Laracon. Yeah, definitely. That's all. That's all the Laracon news we have for today. Uh, let's let's jump into Laravel five seven stuff then. So, uh, looks like the first one we have on the docket is the Laravel dump server. So this is something we've talked about previously. Talk to us a little bit about this, Michael. Give us a little yeah, refresher. So yeah, as you mentioned, we have spoken about previously, and what the Laravel dump server allows you to do is to essentially spin up a command line server that allows you to within your predominantly within your API routes, 
to basically dump out content. And rather than stopping the execution of your API endpoints, you can see what's happening in that dump server. So it's a bit finicky if you're hitting endpoints and you're observing like maybe the network tab in Chrome or Firefox to see what's coming back if you're having errors or anything like that. When you dump that, it kind of throws that all into the the response and it doesn't render the JSON properly. It stops the rest of your page from loading in the browser and things like that. So with the dump server running, it will actually intercept that request and spill that data into the console so that you can look at it and it will still let the rest of your page load in the browser. Yeah, so it's I, you said like primarily for API routes, but I could see this almost being used. This is like a poor man's PH, uh, let's see, what's it called? A poor man's X debug, uh-huh. yep. right? Because you can DD in multiple places. Uh, yep. And it'll just dump out to the, you know, to your console while your while your page is, yeah. is is running. So, you know, a lot of times, like if you're in the middle of a collection and you wanted to dump out of that collection and kind of see what's going on there, but that stops everything, right? So you can yeah. dump in like multiple locations and have them all uh, spit out to the console while you're mm-hmm. lo- while you're looking at you or running your application, and it just continues yeah. to run through. It doesn't stop execution. Yeah. Um, so poor man's X debug is a good way of explaining that. So it's the the step debugging without the stepping, really. Correct. Yeah, right. And, exactly. And yeah, I mean, you have to be explicit about what you're doing. So you have to specifically say you want to dump this. Whereas with something like X debug, you can stop and step through and step into different code paths in your code. Whereas this, you would explicitly say ahead of time, like I'm going to dump here, here, and here, and here to yeah. see what's happening. And then you can see that in the dump console. Whereas something like X debug, it would get to a breakpoint. And then you would have to manually like skip ahead to the next next juncture in the code until it finishes executing. So right. it's probably going to be a little bit easier to get up and running as well than than say an X debug, which always tends to be a bit finicky. Yes, it is. I can't, I've never honestly I've never been able to get it set up. I can't tell you no. how many tutorials I've gone through, and I can never get it to work. So and the thing is, like I've followed tutorials, and then I've like come back to it months later, and it's and stopped it working, work or, yeah, or, exactly. or I've gone to a new computer, and then I have to like try and set it up again. But the instructions I followed last time don't work this time. So right, yeah, it's and a pain. for for a lot of us, like we just dump and die. So this is a nice way of handling that. Absolutely. Speaking of kind of like error messages uh, and that sort of stuff in five seven there's improved error messages for dynamic calls. So Joseph Silver, who is the author of a package that I actually use in a couple of our applications called Bouncer, has submitted a pull request that allows you to have a little bit clearer understanding of what it is that's going on when an exception is thrown for a a dynamic call on an eloquent model, for example. Yeah. Um, so he he has a little tweet out here and he gives the example of, have you ever, ever mistyped a method on an eloquent model and got a cryptic error saying that the method doesn't exist on the query builder? So it doesn't actually show you what model you were in when you called that thing. So like, for example, if you uh, were trying to call user first, but you actually accidentally retyped or um, you accidentally mistyped it like forced, like F-O-R-S-T. All Arava would tell you in 5.6 was it'd say, method doesn't exist on the query builder. It doesn't tell you that it was on your user model, right? And so Joseph has basically made a pull request here that will solve that problem. So now instead of saying forced doesn't exist on the query builder, it's going to say called undefined method app user forced. And so uh, Paul actually, Paul wrote up this article. Of course he did. Everyone's favorite human. And he talks about, he talks about the code that Joseph used to kind of accomplish this and uh, says you should take a look at it, take a look at the pull request. I haven't looked at it yet. He says, the pull request for feature is an excellent way to see this feature in action. Yeah, we'll definitely link that up. It's, I mean, this is the kind of thing that we all often come across is just 
because we get the full stack trace, you, you'll get that error and then you can like look through it and eventually you find the model kind of like buried through. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Through the massive deep. stack trace, yeah. But, but hoisting that, that message up to the top just helps you really power through that debugging process. Even, I mean, even if you're writing tests, if you made a typo, it still gets a bit tricky to read. So um, definitely, so much... definitely look forward to this kind of stuff. And even the stuff that I've been working on at work, I have, I have just deployed... Uh, Laravel 5.6 onto a shiny new PHP 7.1 server, which will actually be easy to upgrade to 7.2 later this year and eventually 7.3. So it's taken, you know, I've been there a year now, but we've slowly started to modernize everything and we're getting there. By God, we're kicking and screaming, but we're getting there. Doesn't it feel good? To like it feels do something great. on the seven one. Oh, it's it's a one. It's a and, magical And to feeling. know that, like, okay, now that we're on seven one, the upgrade path moving forward is going to be that much easier. Yeah. And that we can move to the newest versions of Laravel, and we can move to the latest versions of PHP just by having like a standard baseline that everything works on. Yeah, I had like a seven server for a while, and uh -huh. it still lives out there. But like, I was I'd be like doing a Laravel shift or something on a code base, and then I'd go to install on that server and all of a sudden i get like an error when it's trying to do composer install it's like yeah. nope no no can't do this you're on an old you know an old version of PHP. yeah like, and and that's always been the the issue as well because i'm using valet and if i forget to switch between 7.0 and 7.1 depending on which project i'm working on if you install like say for example laravel 5.5 dependencies using php 7.1 it will install different things based on the available php version right so when it comes time to deploy that project to a 7.0 production server the composer install fails because the the dependency on the version is locked somewhere where you can't actually install it so i'm looking forward to all of those little issues just going away as we standardize our platform yes it is a good day it is a good day New pagination link customizations in 5.7. So this sort of pagination thing has always kind of felt like a little bit of magic to me, where you <laughs> say like user paginate 10. And then it's been like, there's always been like this step where you had to like publish some vendor view and then you had to customize it to be bootstrap or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all been like, it's been there. And it's just been under the assumption that you're just going to use it as is. And it doesn't really give that level of customization that, you know, real world applications tend to need. But it's nice that we've started to, you know, to find these kind of edge things and the, the changes are starting to find their way into the framework as more and more people use it and more and more people look for ways to improve on on that functionality. It's great to see that the, the changes are coming in and, and from the community and from names that we don't, you know, we don't see too often. It's not it's not always the same core group of people anymore. It's we're starting to see a lot more varied contributions from, from new people. And, and this one in particular is from, do you want to pronounce this one? Cause I certainly can. Rashid Lasari. Well, see Rashid Lasari, I think is <laughs> not to correct your pronunciation. I think Screw you, Michael. he, <laughs> I think Rashid is the one that, that mentioned this one, but this one was Michal Putkovsky. Oh who, gosh, who, you're killing me. who made the contributions. So, yeah, it's good. Like we're starting to see more and more names and, and more and more people are starting to get their contributions into the framework, which is really always really a positive thing to say. Oh, I totally could have handled that one. Could you? I could have. Go on. No, you said it once already. I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So, anyway, we've, we sidetracked a little bit, but this new pagination link customization allows you to pass a links on each side method. So, you can chain it to the 
the paginate method. And what it allows you to do is to essentially say on each side of the page that I'm currently on, show one or five or 10 or three. And so if you've got say uh, 11 pages and you're on page eight, using the, the links on each side method and say you've got paginate four per page, links on each side three, you'll then have five, six, seven, on the left and 9, 10, 11 on the right. And you know, obviously as you go backwards and forwards through the, the paginated result set, that number will shift. Yeah, so this would stop you from having to basically, as it were, eject, right? And to make a custom template. Yeah, you like that? Um, That's nice. And so you can just use this uh, little, basically, API to do that instead. Mm. Super simple mm. stuff. Super simple, makes it nice. Okay, so we've got a Laravel 5634 release. This was released on Tuesday just before Nova was launched, which we will talk about next. Um, mm. Looks like there's a couple fixes if you've ever used where row values, which essentially allows you to specify an array and then a operator, like uh, equal, greater than, whatever, and then another array. So you can set like kind of here's the list of columns, here's the operator, and here's the list of values. There were some problems with it before, and uh, so they fixed that. So yeah, just on that, I I didn't know this was a thing you could do in SQL. Just to expand out a little bit, so in in Eloquent or in the Query Builder, you can say like where, and then pass an array of key values. So column one equals two, column two equals four. But I did not know that you could wrap the columns in parentheses and then say like this group of columns equals this group of values. So what this this change fixes is that it was quoting the column name. So it was saying like string column one, string column two equals value one, value two, which doesn't work because then it's comparing strings and strings. But this is a nice little shortcut, I think. So where you would previously say, you know, where, where, and then you'd have an array and then you'd pass like three key value pairs or four key value pairs. And it would be like where and where and where and where. This shortcuts that whole thing down into like where, column one, column two, column three, column N equals value one, value two, value three, value N, and so on. So, I mean, I don't know what the performance benefits are. I was going to say, think... is, it, is it just to give you a prettier SQL output? I mean, like, yeah, I yeah. like all of those ends, I, I don't know, like, my, you know, MySQL is obviously optimized to do queries, right? So sure. I don't know necessarily what the benefits of doing this over just a, a group of and statements would be. I don't think they would be realized benefits in most applications, but the fact that you've got some more concise syntax to do that, you know, I learned something new today. So Ridgy always Didge. be learning. Reggie Didge. Reggie Didge. Thinking whatever. Whatever that's saying. I can't remember. It's going to take me I don't. I just, I don't know why fair so dinkum is so hard for you to fair, remember. Fair dinkum. I'm going to write it down right now. How do you say dinkum? Dinkum. Dinkum. Like, like swallow the U. You basically swallow dinkum. the U, and it's like dink apostrophe M, really. Dinkum. Fair dinkum. I wrote it down. It's in our chat now, so I can remember it and reference <laughs> it later in this. Um, you need to post this video, too, that you sent I me. I will. With this awesome. We're, um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll interject here. We're, we're, we've got a new sponsor coming on board next month and for the next couple of months, which we're very excited about sharing with you all. But there is... There is an Australian sports personality who shares a name with this company. And every time this company comes up in conversation uh, amongst the people that I speak with, all I can think of is this bloke. And he's just, he's as over-the-top Aussie as as you could possibly get. He's like a Steve Irwin or a, 
uh, a Crocodile <laughs> Dundee or yeah. a Russell Coit. And Russell Coit is someone I'm pretty sure most of our listeners would have no idea about. Um, and I'll see if I can find some of his videos. But yeah, this is all I can think of every time this company name comes up. So, and so you, sent me, a video. Sharing... you sent me a video. Yeah. This guy has like all of these like funny <laughs> phrases, like blinder than a welder's dog, rigid ditch, ducks nuts, all these all these funny some great things. <laughs> there's like there's phrases in there Fair that I've come. never heard in in day to day. You know, living here for thirty years, so he's pretty funny. Um, he's he's a bit over the top, but he's he's good value. He's a he's our current bachelor. So if you if that gives you any hints as to who this person is and who who potentially this this next sponsor is, then we're seeing out on uh, on the Twitter. There we go. Okay, continuing on here, the mail defaults template uh, or the default mail templates copyright phrase, which is all rights reserved, is now localizable. So you could change that up based on which language the person is uh, viewing your app in. Okay, what else? Oh, when specifying events to be faked, other events should normally be dispatched or be normally dispatched. So we had a little bit of a spat about this one here. And I'm like, no, <laughs> if you say event fake, I want all events to be faked. And you're like, no, you don't. Yes, I do. But um, explain this to me here. So we've got, yeah. uh, go ahead. So, I mean, we've got the mail fake, which, you know, you want, I guess, all of the mail to be fake because you don't have that same level of of execution is what you would with events. So the Laravel, uh, any any execution of a Laravel route, for example, would fire a lot of events. You've got events for when models are updated and saved and deleted and things like that. You've got all kinds of different events that, that act as entry points into your system. But previously, if you use the event fake to dispatch faked events, it would only handle the event that you explicitly said to fake which meant that if you were relying on some other byproduct functionality, for example, a model, you've got a model saving event that does something else that you haven't explicitly said. And by the way, I've tried to do this before and it's it's tricky to get the name of the, like a specific models event. It meant that that kind of stuff didn't fire. So if I said event fake user was subscribed colon colon class, and that was an event that was firing inside my user subscription controller. It wouldn't fire any of the other events in the in the application lifecycle. So, I think this is probably the right way to go about it. I guess you'd consider it a breaking change. I don't know that necessarily it's a bad one in this context because you'd only be using event fake in your test suite anyway. So I think it's probably, and this is certainly how I would have expected it to function, like fake this event, but everything else should be normal as opposed to fake this event and then don't do anything else. Well, so here's the question for me. How do I prevent that model that has like a binding that I want to fake or that I want to stop? How do I, how do I stop that from happening? Because I may in fact say event fake, meaning, hey, you know what? I'm actually not interested in testing anything about this event in particular, but like I don't want this model to have these side effects based on these bindings that I have in the boot method or something, right? Where I'm saying, mm. hey, when this event happens to this particular model, don't do anything. Like, well, how do I find the name of that event so I can stop that from happening? You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's to me is the big pain in the butt. So if I just want to say like, hey, I have a model that has these side effects that happen when the creating is called and I don't want to do that in this particular test. I'm testing something else. I can't yeah. now just say event fake. I have to do something else. I have to specify that I want to stop doing this event. Well, I mean, you would be testing the 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 result of those faked events, would you not? Maybe. 
Sometimes, I guess it depends on the test. Well, I mean, how much are you, how much are you faking in your model? Like, would you be faking different things or sorry, I, dispatching different events? Sure. I, so here's, here's the, here's the long and short answer to this. Cause we could, we could like, what if, and do you have to all day? But if that is the situation I am trying to get at, right? Like if I am trying to say, hey, there is a particular thing that normally would happen and I want to fake that, meaning don't do that thing in a mm. user, like in a model saving event. Yeah. How do I, how do I stop that from happening? What's, what's the key that I use to stop that is my question. Well, you know, cause like, so this is really the... helpful when you have a specified event that you have made, like user was subscribed. Yeah. I can easily say, hey, users was subscribed class, don't do anything. Would it yeah. just be event fake user class? I mean, is that what we're talking about? App user class? I mean, I mean yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you raise an interesting point. I'm just looking at the docs. It does say that like if you call event fake, and this is in the documentation, so it's it's expected behavior. After calling event fake, no event listeners will be executed. So if your test use model factories that rely on events, such as creating a UUID during a model's creating event, you should call event fake after your factories. Gotcha. So I suppose you'd say like event fake the event you want to fake, make your assertion and then call event fake again with no, like with no parameter and it will fake everything. But I don't like, you're not going to hook into individual things depending on like what happened. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'm just it's throwing tricky. it out there. Yeah. I know I've had something like that before. There was some talk on the, yeah. I mean, there was some talk on the, on the pull request for this, this change to say like, maybe have an event fake all so that you're explicit about it or have fake all accept or, or things like that. So, um, you know, there's discussion going on about that anyway. So, okay. The, I mean, the, the change has gone in now, so fair enough. Just gonna have to deal with it, Jake. I'm sorry. Fair enough. I'm sure I'll, I'll deal with it when it comes up until then yeah, I'll, I, I'll stop complaining. I don't think it'll be a problem to be honest. I, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Okay, we've got a couple of tutorials and then we're going to talk about launches. So let's look at 404 responses in a Laravel API. So in Laravel 5.5, there was this uh, feature that shipped called fallback routing. Uh, so we talked about this before uh, in a post called Better 404 Responses Using Laravel 5.5. This was by Mohammed Saeed. And uh, there's a, you can look this up uh, for yourself. But essentially, when you're creating an API, you probably want a 404 route that responds with JSON. Uh, or whatever format you're serving um, with like content or accepts content or whatever it is, right? Instead of the yep. default 404 JSON response. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you request an undefined route with a JSON content type, you just basically the 404 comes back with a, a, a data payload that just says message blank. That's it. And it's just a 404, of course, but it's just a blank message, right? So it's an empty message. It's not really helpful, but the framework returns a valid JSON without any work on a part. So that's great. So what this tutorial essentially walks through is how you can set up a new default JSON response for a 404 in your project. So as we've kind of made policy here, I'm not going to go through the entire uh, thing in, in the podcast and try and read all yeah. this code to you. I'm going to suffice it to say it utilizes this new um, 404 responses in Laravel 5.5. So if you're using Laravel 5.5 or above, and you're looking to customize your 404 responses for JSON, this might be a tutorial that you'd be interested in looking at. And of course, this is written by everyone's favorite human, Mr. Paul Redmond. Thank you, Paul.
Okay. And thank you, thank you for the Lakers reference in in this post because everyone knows that no one would know any Phoenix Suns players. Because <laughs> Paul's from Phoenix, everyone. In case you missed that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Another tutorial we have here is again by Mr. Paul Redmond. It's called creating multi-stage Docker builds for Laravel. And so what Paul talks about here, and I, I'm not going to pretend to understand all about this article. I'm just going to give you a brief overview of the parts that I do understand. So the situation that you might be in is if you had a app that required composer dependencies and front end dependencies um, during a Docker build of your app, the Docker image can be really messy and frustrating to maintain. So another approach that Paul has taken here is taking a multi-step approach, a multi-stepped uh, Docker build for Laravel. And so essentially he has like three steps here. Uh, so the three steps are number one, install composer dependencies. Number two, build the front end dependencies. And then number three, copy our app code and artifacts from the first two stages into a new build, I believe is how it works. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of information out here. Those of you who are Docker heads, uh, is that a word? I mean, is that a thing? What do they call people who well, are Docker people? Well, let's just say Docker users. Docker users. Those of you who are Docker users can appreciate this. And uh, Paul's got it all figured out. He's also got a book out there, by the way. I think it's Docker for PHP developers, which is really good, by the way. And you should check that out too. So we will leave it there. If that's something you're interested in, please take a look at that. And uh, thanks, Paul. Okay, now we've got two launches. Let's talk about the Laravel sticker contest first. This was pretty cool. Uh, I think you saw this because I know you. I know you responded to it on Twitter. Talk to me yeah. about this. So the the Laravel sticker contest is a project put together by Caleb Pozio and is sponsored by Hoffler & Co and Sticker Mule. So Sticker Mule, I'm sure lots of you have heard of. They're responsible for pretty much all of the stickers that you've got on your laptop, on your bag, on whatever piece of paraphernalia you've got. Pretty much everyone uses Sticker Mule just because of the quality that, I mean, we've just ordered a bunch of stickers for Laracon AU. They look great. Hoffler & Co you may be less familiar with, but if you've seen any of the screenshots that we put out from Laravel News that have got code in them, if you've seen anything from Taylor Otwell that's got code in it, it's using this font called Operator Mono, and it is a, it's it's what they call a premium font. It's quite expensive to buy, so I think as part of this contest, they're giving away a copy of the font. Indeed. So the, the, the gist of this contest and there are no rules from what my understanding is other than obviously like don't post anything inappropriate <laughs> is take a photo of your laptop or whatever other device with your with your stickers on it post it to twitter with the hashtag uh, laravel sticker contest 2018 and then there'll be voting uh starting from the 27th of august so it will have already started by the time this episode is out and the winner will be announced on the 31st of august so uh, check it out. You can find out more details at laravelstickercontest.com. And thanks to Caleb Pozio, to Hoffler & Co. and Sticker Mule for getting this up and running. Yeah, it looks really nice too. Great job, Caleb. This is a well-designed site and uh, super, super cool. So um, hot tip from our very own David Hemphill. Um, if you're one of those people who can't possibly consider the option of putting a sticker on your unadulterated, beautiful new MacBook, <laughs> what David Hemphill does, which this is pretty cool, he buys just a clear cover for just the top of his laptop, mm -hmm. covers it up with stickers, and then once he's covered it all up, he can take that one off, put a new clear cover on, and add a bunch more stickers onto it. So he actually has like all of the clear tops for his MacBooks that he's put on over the past couple of years. So he has like multiple skins almost, if you will, 
for his laptop uh, that are just like a bunch of different stickers all covered up. Is that what you have? Look at you. Yeah. So I've got a, it's from a company called Kuzi, K-U-Z-Y. And unfortunately, the last lot of stickers that I acquired were from Laracon US last year. And I had already put them on my Kuzi cover before I bought a new MacBook. And my old MacBook was a 13-inch and my new MacBook was a 15-inch. So I don't have any stickers on my new laptop because I didn't go to Laracon and get any more stickers this year. I got a um, lot of them. But these are, these are super handy. They're like 20 bucks. You can get them on Amazon.com. I'll link them up in the, in the show notes. Uh, but you just like clip it on. It's a good way to protect it. You know, if you're ever looking at reselling your, your devices in the future, they're really common for MacBooks because there's, you know, a MacBook is one design basically. So they're much easier to find. I've heard that they're much more difficult to find for things like Dells and, and IBM ThinkPads and things like that just because they're all varied and no one bothers manufacturing for them. But if you had one of those anyway, you'd probably want to cover it all up regardless. I mean, you wouldn't want everybody yeah. to know you're running around with a Dell or something. So, <laughs> so anyway, okay, that's stickers. All right, then the big news, we are almost done here. The last news, Laravel Nova is now available. We're not going to talk about all the drama that led up to this. We're just going to talk about the amazingness that is Laravel Nova. Or should yeah. we talk about the drama? Should we talk about the drama? Let's let's not talk about the drama. Let's not talk about the drama. Let's Let's just leave it at that there are more important things to, to focus on than perceptions about the community and the people at the quote unquote top of it. Or you just talked about it. You just talked it. about it. You said we were going to talk That's about enough. it. You just talked about it. There's look, there's more important things to talk about. So let's talk about Nova. Let's talk about Nova. First of all, if you have not yet bought your license for Nova, you can go over to nova.laravel.com and buy one right now. We will wait. Go ahead and pause. Michael, I want you to insert some elevator music right here. All right, so you have now bought your Nova license. You are now happier than you were just a moment ago. And Nova is an amazing, amazing new tool. It is released. It is done. It is out. We expected Nova to be released at Laracon EU, but in an unexpected move, Taylor decided to ship Nova early. So we're super stoked about that. And there has been a ton of amazing feedback and a lot of new tools being released uh, for Nova. So just to give you kind of like the rundown, I think everybody or most of the people who are listening to this show will probably already know what Nova, Nova is. So I'm not going to really, there's, there's a keynote out there that, that describes everything. So we're not going to go over those details, but let's talk real quickly about pricing. So there is a solo license, which is $99 per site. And this is for solo developers with gross yearly revenue less than 20K. I don't know this for sure. I know that there were some people who were concerned about the pricing. They're like, hey, I'm in a nonprofit and those sorts of things, right? And fair, I would think that they would probably be okay if you're on a budget constraint sort of thing for a nonprofit if you bought the solo license. I don't know that. What do you think, Michael? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of Laravel uh, in terms of that. I think... Like, if you, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you can the tailor, basically. to spend $199... Like, you should do it. You should buy the two hundred dollars yeah. license if at all possible, right? Yeah. Um, so here's the here's the metric then. If you're if the company that you're working for or you yourself makes less than no 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 not even it's only for solo developers with a gross yearly revenue of less than 20 k, which is honestly a pretty small slice of people, right? 
It's, it's all well, there, I mean, that's a pretty small slice someone, of people. Someone, someone called me cheap for not buying the one ninety nine. I said, if you think I'm making more than $20,000 a year on my free yeah. blog, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have grossly mis- misrepresented, well, I have grossly misrepresented myself. So, Correct. As you said, it's $99 per site for solo developers with a gross yearly revenue of under $20,000. So if you're Adam Wathen, you're not buying this license. If you're a pro, it's $199 per site, and this is, for, this is for businesses and teams. So for my business, for example, who's looking at rebuilding their website, maybe we would consider this option. There is also a 15-day money back. So if you buy it and you find it's not for you or it doesn't do what you need it to do, by all means, request a refund. I've, I, I bought it as soon as it was available. I installed it into my website, and I replaced the entire admin panel that I spent you know, a day working on for my blog with four lines of code. Like literally I defined the fields for my existing models and I was done. The markdown editor was already there. It already handled like all of the validation. I didn't didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to think about it. I just copied and pasted some validation rules from one controller into my Nova resource and it was done. So in terms of like CRUD, and all I've used it for is like basic CRUD stuff for, for now. Uh, it is super easy. If you needed to build like a quick admin panel for for a website, for a business, you want to do static pages or you, you want to do like a basic blog and pages thing, perfect. If you wanted to extend that, it gives you so many options in terms of relationships and, and actions and lenses and filters and all, all this kind of stuff. It handles authorization for you out of the box. Um, Which is huge. I want to go through it's, everything. It's, they're yeah. so nuanced too. The authorizations part is mind-blowing to me. Like that is a huge hole for a lot of these things that are out there, right? Yeah. Um, but yep. this is like a very common sense sort of thing that you would say, oh, of course, like, of course, it need, you'd need to be able to handle authorizations. But it uses all the same policies and gates that you already have defined in your application. And not only does it just prevent them from doing the action, it actually doesn't show the action as available for that particular user, which is crazy to me. So if you say, hey, this user can't delete this thing, the trash icon doesn't even show up on their ad- yeah. on their panel, right? Which is like, again... It seems like a little thing, but that's hard. Like that stuff is hard yeah. to do, and it just does. It, it works. It's it's so incredible to me. Yeah, um, because it's first party. It's all like tightly integrated with Laravel. It knows about all of your models. Um, it knows about all of this stuff that's Laravel specific. And you know, you might look at it and say, "Oh, it's missing this feature or that feature, or it's doing this differently to what you'd expect from from other solutions that exist." Sure, but remember, this has been out in the hands of real world customers for a week at the time of of this recording or less than a week at the time of this recording but about a week by the time you hear from it so features will be added bugs will be fixed you know flexibility will be increased over time but for for a first release product that's been in development really for about a year from the initial concept um it is super feature complete it looks slick Kudos to, to Taylor and to David Hempill and to Steve Shogu that have worked on it. You know, there's some people that have been saying, oh, it's not bootstrapping. And, okay, but, you know, you deploy it. You don't really have to touch it. You don't have to change it. You can change colors and things like that. But, you know, yeah. over time, things will change. So, I mean, some things might not change. It may be decided that, like, Nova is, this is what it looks like and this is how it works and that's how it stays. But it's a hundred bucks for a solo it's 200 bucks for a business and it's going to save you so much time and as i said over a year of development um or you know around a year of development for the the multiple iterations that it went through i think you're getting a, a super reasonable deal and if it's within your means to to purchase it do so 
if you're not sure, buy it. And if you don't like it, return it in 15 days. It's, it's that simple. Yeah, the other thing that I really love about this too is like, since it is first class, as you mentioned, meaning like, you know, it's it's like Laravel admin stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you essentially get the full power of the community behind this project from day one. So it's incredible to see the number of plugins that have come out in the last couple days, right? I mean, literally, yeah. just it's been insane. Yeah. Marcel Possier and Spassi and Titan, everybody's throwing their full weight behind this thing. And mm -hmm. it's going to be incredible to see the the amazing ideas just, that come out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw a, a slug field, which I was looking for. And now I don't have to write it. So thank you to to Benjamin Hirsch, who wrote this. Now, if, if you're wanting to, to write tools and packages and things like that, or if you want to discover tools and packages and things like that, check out novapackages.com. It's a project built by Titan Co., um, it, it's free to use. It's free to list your packages on there. There's already literally dozens of packages on here. Um, so, so check that out. We'll link that up in the show notes as well. That about wraps it up, my friend. I think that's all of it. Yes, it does. Tell me again our episode one more time. Ooh, 68. 68. Hopefully we don't get any heat for our content this week. <laughs> don't get any what heat? Yeah. Ridgy Didge. Ridgy Didge. Dinkum. All Wrap right. it up. All right, we'll make this quick. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is episode 68. Show notes for this episode will be at laravel-news.com slash podcast slash 68. Of course, if you like the show, please feel free to give us five stars in iTunes. If you have any questions for us, you can find us at Twitter, at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorinda, and at Laravel News. That's all of it. That is, That's, that is it. a wrap. That is a wrap. All right, man. Thanks so much. That was a fun one. Yeah, it was good. We got through a lot. We, we didn't did. think there was much. We always think there's not a lot, and then we end up talking for 45 minutes indeed next time we're here we will be unveiling our brand new sponsor yes don't miss it forward to that don't we had it. hints if see hit me up on twitter if you if you can guess who this the sponsor is sounds good two weeks everybody we will see you then see you all bye